Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now you found it. This is Alan Smith's Ask the Trucker Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world. With your hosts, Alan and Donna Smith, focusing on driver health, careers, regulations, and the important issues facing the industry. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Ask the Trucker Live begins right now. Well, welcome, everybody. Um, It's New Year's Eve. I can't believe it's New Year's Eve. Um, This is Ask the Trucker Live. I'm Donna Smith, and I'll be hosting this New Year's Eve show tonight with my co-host, Pat Hockaday of TruckersUnited.org. Pat, I got your line open, so uh, hey, I got... How you doing? I'm doing good. Can you hear me? Oh yeah, can you hear me? I know I was yes, I hear you just thing. fine. I've I've got my headphones on and I just want to make sure they're working right. Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. Uh, I'm actually hoping uh, that Alan's coming home early tonight and that he can get in this show. He's usually not on the Thursday evening shows that we do. He does Saturdays, but. Maybe New Year's Eve, um, they'll surprise us and come home a, a little early. He said there was a possibility they would, so I'm just keeping my fingers crossed on this one. Um, yeah, so here we are, so. December 31st. Uh, it's 2015, and, and wow, Pat, what a year uh, it's been. I, I mean, it'll make your head spin, everything that's been going on. Um, I, I hope everybody's had a great Christmas holiday and, and you're enjoying New, New Year's Eve celebration, uh, you know, after the show tonight. Um, Pat and I will be highlighting some of the memorable events of the year and also some of the goals that we think are important. But um, And I just want to thank you again, Pat, for coming on tonight. Um, I know you've got a lot going on. But anyway, we want to hear from our callers, too. So yeah. um, I'm looking at the, the lines here, and, and it's filling up. But if, if you're on the line right now and you want to be a part of the show, you have to click 1 on your keypad. If you want to make a comment or ask a question anytime during the show, and that just kind of puts like a little notice for me, so I know you want to, uh, you want me to open your line up. But and if you're listening uh, through the internet right now and you want to join in, uh, just dial three four seven eight two six nine one seven zero, and then press one on your keypad. And and like I said, that just notifies me that you know you want to come on on the show. But uh, before we begin, I'd like to send a big shout-out to George and Wendy Parker of the George and Wendy Show. Uh, Today is their 20th wedding anniversary. Happy anniversary to them. They were on our show last year uh, on on their anniversary. It was their 19th, obviously. So 
Um, also, we'd like to thank all our sponsors uh, as we end out 2015 on Ask the Trucker, Ask the Trucker Live, Trucking Social Media for supporting us and all the professional drivers. Uh, if you see a sponsor um, on any of our websites, uh, you can be sure they are, are vetted and trusted. And I also want to thank John Burnett of Warhorse Media. John helps keep our sites up and running. If anyone needs uh, you know, help with their website, John is the go-to guy. You can just send a private message uh, to us, and uh, we'll give you his info. And uh, now we, we know that, that many are wonder, wondering, how, how am I going to win this Falcon Eye dash cam <laughs> that we've been putting out? So before we start, um, I, I, all you have to do to enter in the drawing, and this is, this is really a win-win for everybody, is to download the Zyper app right now, X-Y-P-P-E-R, uh, to your smartphone, either Android or iPhone, and, uh, well, what is the Zyper app? You're asking, no, it's an innovative app which sends loads directly to your phone. After you download, you receive instructions, and you'll, um, and you'll enter all your specific criteria that pertains to you and your truck. And Zyper does the, the rest. So it detects your location, knows if you're empty, partially loaded. It, it just matches everything, and, and you'd really have to experience it to, to really know what I'm talking about. Uh, like I said, the load's sent to your phone. You could either ignore it or accept it. And then if you accept it, Zyper does all the paperwork for you, um, you know, sending it directly to your email. So really, you don't have to do anything with that. The app's free. The service is free. And if you'd like more info, go to Zyper.com, and it's X-Y-P-P-E-R.com, and watch the videos. We've got great videos. We have the same videos up on Trucking Social Media, by the way. We will have um, a special show with them the developers, after you know everybody downloads it and then if they have questions or they want to make comments and share you know, how they feel about the app, uh, they'll be on our show um, January, uh, probably like more towards the end of the month, and uh, we, can, uh, we can go on about the, the Falcon uh, i-cam at that time with the winner. But download it now and be part of, part of that contest. It's a really nice dual camera. Um, a dash cam that will be given away uh, that night. So, um, okay, well, I guess I can go over just a, a few of the benefits um, for you. Uh, well, I'm going to do another announcement in the middle of the show for it, so I think I'll wait for that. I just want to get on our, uh, introduce our guest tonight before we go for a commercial. So, Pat, uh, again, really glad to have you on the show, Pat Hockaday, TruckersUnited.org. Uh, do you, you have plans for tonight? Um, I'm spending my evening with you guys. <laughs> yeah. How about how about after the show? <laughs> um, well, I hope to make a couple of hundred miles down the road, kind of get better set up to uh, meet with a friend on Saturday up in Washington State. I'm in. Uh, San Jose, California right now. I deliver Spokane, Washington Monday morning. So, yeah, I'm loaded, and, and I'm working at it. Um, oh, good, good. Well, uh, I, I guess let, let's, just, let's just start. I mean, gosh, what a year. It, I, uh, let me see. I'm just going to go mention a couple, and then, you know, you can stop me when you want to jump right in. I mean, we know ELDs finally 
uh, you know, became final, and, and they're going to go into effect December of 2017. Um, I think that's like I think the, uh, a crazy. One thing I, I want to point out, and I haven't gotten back with the light on this, um, but they seem to agree with me, and they're looking into it deeper. I have been saying for three or four years, E-logs e- are not ELDs. We know that, that on the E-log, he might have several different ways of programming it. I might have a one-mile radius up to a three-mile radius that I can operate in without it doing a change of duty status, for example. Other companies have it set up. If you exceed 15 miles an hour, it automatically logs you uh, onto the driving line. This is not what the government-mandated ELD is going to be. It makes Mm -hmm. sense. That if the law says A, B, C, D, and then if they're going to mandate a computer to be in our our trucks, an ELD, it's going to be programmed with letter of the law. I think drivers are going to be astonished to find out that, hey, wait a minute, all I did is move my truck from the parking spot to the loading dock 500 feet, and my 14-hour clock has started. So I took these questions to OIDA about a day or two after the ELD mandate came out, and they hadn't had time to go into the 500 pages of this of this you know mandate. But they told me that they thought I was right. They haven't seen anything yet that would indicate that there's any type of a liberty going to be given. You can drive a mile before you know, it logging on. Or you can move the truck within a truck stop because you were parking in a no parking zone or something like that. So the big fear is ELD, letter of the law, how many of us are going to be in violation because we are acting as we have acted underneath our e-logs? Another right. concerning right. thing about the ELDs, You've got to remember, and again, they weren't clear on this. The holiday, I haven't been able to get back with them. They weren't clear on it. Well, there's two more issues, okay? They weren't clear on this. We know through the proposed rulemaking and in the final ruling that if you already have an existing e-log system in place, that you will have a two-year exemption before having to have the mandated ELD in place. A lot of people seem to be confused. Well, does this mean I can wait to the last week, buy an e-log, and I'll have a two-year exemption? Everybody I've talked to says no. If you don't have an e-log system in place by December 17th of 2015, you are not going to be qualified for that two-year exemption. I don't have an official word on this, so I'm still looking into this. Now, look, right. at the, uh, look, 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 at, look at what happens now. Everybody that is forced to have an ELD by December 17th of 2017, they will be letter of the law. These are the implications, the implications. I don't know facts yet. I'm working on it. The implications are these people will be letter of the law 
while those that have e-logs in place have two years left to cheat their electronic logging system as they are today before they have to comply with this. Now, doesn't that create an unlevel playing field? Doesn't that give these people that have an e-log system in place an unfair advantage? These are some things that we, we overlook and we're not aware of, but these are things we've got to consider, especially as owner-operators. We have right. to compete against the, the, you know, against the carriers. As an owner-operator, I'm going to be letter of the law, but the carriers can still have their two- or three-mile radius before they log drive time. This is an unfair advantage in many, many different aspects. But these are my observations about the e-logs. Um, I don't think, my personal opinion, I don't think we can make ELDs go away. We have watched the FMCSA coerce, coerce small carriers into using e-log systems for the last 10, 15 years. If a truck crosses a scale after, after uh, December 17, 2017, and they don't have an ELD in the truck, guess what? Uh-huh. You think they're not going to pull that truck around back and kind of try and make this driver decide that maybe I want an ELD in my truck after all? A lot is fighting ELD. We appreciate that. It needs to be fought for a lot of other reasons, okay? Right. There, there's other reasons, right? I mean, there's a lot but of even things that people will swear by them, but on the other hand, there's things that, that you know, uh, manipulations can still take place. At what point does it end? In 10 years, are we going to put a microchip in every newborn baby's bottom because the precedent has been set that we can track trucks? Okay, it's about safety. If we track everybody, we know where everybody's at. We know who robbed that bank, who murdered John in that apartment. You see, where does it end? So I think a lot of needs to beat this so it doesn't start. I don't think that we're going to be able to eliminate ELDs in the truck. I think that the precedent that an ELD set gives them something to advance upon. That's all I'm saying. They're okay. going to have ELDs well, I'm going to, in the I, truck, I'm, whether we like it or not. Well, again, every, I see a, a hand up. Um, I'm going to open area code 901. And good evening. Uh, who, who do we have here? I think you mean me, Donna? Yeah, 901 Donna? area code. Yes. Are yeah, you there? Yeah. Hey, Jerry. That's Jerry. I recognize that voice. Is that Jerry Fritz? <laughs> yes, it is. How are you? Happy New Year. I'm. Well, thank you, Donna. I hope you're doing well, too. <laughs> Pat and I have been talking today. And uh, my position on the ELDs, having formerly come from a very highly compliant industry where it was forced upon us by trucking management, uh, I still say in some form or another, if a driver's paid for every minute 
that he is required to be in readiness to perform work, which is 395 of the Code of Federal Regulations, the ELD actually becomes our time clock and could actually benefit us. I mean, the way we're working right now, the way we're working right now, Donna, and these aren't made up numbers. Pat has it. Many others have it. <clears throat> the study that the Truckload Carriers Association commissioned in 1999-2000 to find out how many hours a week, a month, are their drivers really in the loading and unloading process? They found it was about 40 hours a week. Martin Lab and Associates did the study. For the next year or two, that dominated the discussion in magazines, not only the ones that the drivers find at the truck stops, but there are many others that I subscribe to. That's where I get all that goes directly to senior trucking management and supply chain. They found it was around 40 hours a week. Now, due to the 34-hour restart, we can actually be on duty, depending how you want to log and so on and so forth, 80 to 90 hours a week. Yes. Then you throw the 40 hours on top of that, Donna. Right. And Bob right. Costello, the, the economist for the American Trucking Association, don't let anybody argue his point. He is the primo guy with the numbers, showed that last year, truckload wages went down to around $39,000. In the documents that I've sent you and Pat, it shows in 1980, it was almost 42000 It's right. our unpaid so it just keeps going time. Down. Yeah, it it's our unpaid time. And by the way, yeah, the idea of flexibility. Pat, I, I reminded Pat of something down and I remembered it today. But watch where flexibility gets us. That's a camouflage word for I want more hours so that I can work myself to death for less and less money every year. Right. Right. It, it, it's just amazing to me. Why not have more money, less uh, less stress? Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it comes to it, it, it it comes just, down it, all it that. Just, makes me crazy really i mean if you think about it if everybody got paid just even if their mileage pay didn't change if they just got paid for those extra 30 or 40 hours they put in even at ten dollars an hour that's an extra four hundred dollars a week that's an extra twenty thousand plus a year i mean that's well there's two yeah there's you know, two ways I mean, we benefit from that. There's two ways we benefit from that too, Donna. Once those thirty or forty hours become on duty time the way they're supposed to, three ninety five point two, anytime you're required to be in readiness to perform work, blah blah blah. It's on duty not driving. So once nearly every truckload driver, about one point five billion by the way, lose somewhere around 30 or 40 hours a week off their logbooks, now we really do have a driver shortage. That would actually drive the wages up. This ELD, if we looked at it from the right angle, from the right angle, mm -hmm. and we learned mm -hmm. to play it right, is just like a time clock. No longer would the carriers or the shippers or anybody deny that we were there. 
they couldn't deny that we're required to be in readiness to perform work. So the okay, I, I have another caller with their hand up. Is everybody ready for some questions? Okay. okay. Uh, can I can I make a point here? The sure. The key here is the ELD was really I would say forced upon us. The ELD is a management tool, so the companies can make money, and that's how it is being used. Let's turn it around. If they are going to monitor us 24-7, let's turn it around. Then pay for what you want. I'm at work 24-7. I'm being monitored, supervised through your management tool, the ELD. Now pay me 24-7. Now we have taken steps towards safety. A driver that's getting paid for every minute they are available, available, ready, willing, and able to do the job while following the job prescription, the, the job duties as prescribed in the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Regulations, available at work, ready, willing, and able to work per direction of the boss man the carrier, the dispatcher, pay me. Right. Now I can be 100% right. compliant. I don't have to speed. I'm getting paid. Now you have 100% compliant. There's no excuse not to have it. You're getting paid right. to be right. compliant. And and that's, so and that's something see? we're going to get a little more into um, as, as the show goes on. We're going to do a little bit of review. Uh, I'm going to okay. open up area code 408. Uh, right now, area code 408, good evening, Happy New Year. Who do we have here? Hi, good evening, Happy New Year. This is uh, Dave, and um, this is just a first-time call, but um just made me think about while you guys were talking, and I'm kind of stating what you've already said, but we shoot ourselves in the foot because, uh, like, I drive a flatbed, so I'll go, I'll get loaded, I'll be on duty for, like, 20 minutes, I'll put my, or 30 minutes, put myself off duty. Then I'll go and do my targeting and everything to save time, or I'm actually still working, but I'm working for free for the company, and they, as far as they're concerned, I, I'm done in 30 minutes. Um, so we're not actually showing the work that we do, and we're not getting paid for the work they do, but they're happy because, um, you know, we're squeezing out more drive time as well. And uh, right. so we kind of have to take responsibility for our own, uh, our own destiny a little bit because because of the system the way it is, we, we cheat the system to try to make a little more money. At the same time, we uh, kind of shoot ourselves in the foot. I do not log the two hours that I should have legally logged, two hours that I was on the loading dock, because I don't get paid for that two hours I was on the loading dock. I saw, or, like the FMCSA suggested last uh, February, March, the tension pay should be at 725 or greater. 720. Do the math. 725 an hour divided by 50 miles an hour is 14 and a half cents a, a mile. Why am I going to sacrifice 40 cents a mile to make 14 and a half cents a mile? No, I'm going to log you illegally. 15 minutes load. Now I've got time to drive so I can make 40 cents a mile. This is what right. I'm getting at. 
we manipulate right. our books. It's, it's a matter of doing business to us. We don't care about, well, I, you know, nobody's going to know that I broke the law, that I was. We need to turn this around. You want us to be legal? We'll be 100% legal. Now pay us. Pay us for what you expect of us. Pay us for the safety you want. Pay us. And I'm talking more right. specifically about company drivers. I'm a contractor. I get paid by the load. Okay, I don't I don't worry about hourly or miles or this, that, and the other. I make that decision. Am I going to haul this load for four thousand dollars? Am I gonna that's my decision to make. Company driver doesn't have that choice. Here's your directions, now do the job. And oh, by the way, work for free while you're doing it. Put the fuel in the truck, don't get paid for it because if you don't put fuel in the truck you can't run miles and if you don't run miles you don't get paid. This, if the sure. wheels aren't turning, you ain't earning. This needs to be thrown in the garbage. This is the worst right. thing we can That's, have. If the wheels ain't unsafe. turning, you ain't earning. See uh, I think I just lost. I think I dropped uh, Dave. Dave must have been in a bad area because he just dropped. But uh, anyway, um, we, thanks for calling in tonight, uh, Dave, with that yeah, uh, with that comment. Um. But that's crazy talk is really what it is. And But you, when you're so brainwashed into believing that, that that's how it works, then, you know, that's how you think and, and you accept it. And you after a while, you start accepting all the free work. Oh, that's just part of it. And uh, and it, it it is. It's like brainwashing. Um, anyway, I just want to go over a few of the highlights uh, this year. That, you know, these was... Uh, was just one of them, and there was a a bunch others. You know, let let's just start with um, the transportation bill. Uh, we had the CSA reform, no more, which is uh, no more uh, no more scores on uh, on the FMCSA site. Uh, I mean, th- those are gone. Uh, well, temporarily, some, anyway. Yeah, until they do, they have to have a different methodology um, because. The what was it the the GAO report um, in Congress just said no you know the GAO report said that hey you know that this this methodology is a little wacky here um, and and Congress said the same thing so uh, FMCSA you know has to has to do some fancy footwork on that. Um, My biggest complaint about about the CSA is where is my day in court. You're going to assess a, a, a point, you know, assess points against me, and I don't have my day in court. If you write me a warning ticket, I don't have my day in court, but I've no. got points no. assessed against me that could cost me money. This is right. It's called due blue. process. You're being right. deprived of due process. Yeah. That's, That's right. right. It's crazy. The whole thing. I mean, the the warnings are almost worse than an actual ticket. However, so, I mean, I'd like to throw it, and let's discuss this a little bit. There is another side to this. That is, I worked, made some pretty good friends with some major brokerages. You know, we have a problem out here. We do really do have too many. How many is that? I don't know. But too many really outlaw bottom feeders that'll violate every rule and regulation 
so that they can do the job and steal the freight cheaper from another guy. And that brings Saul down to that lowest common denominator. Believe it or not, some of the brokerage people were concerned, even though we knew that the CS system was flawed. But their concern is now they have no way at all of really finding out who is the bottom feeder, who is the outlaw, that really pulls all the rest of us down. So they were using that, even though it was flawed. So there was some value if it had been constructed correctly to eliminating oh, it, those yes. that we don't no, need totally on the road agree. with us. Yeah, yeah. Had it had it been yeah. uh, done the right way, it definitely it, it, it would have been uh, much better than than it did. And there's some people that are upset the scores are down. There's some shippers that actually, you know, even though they understood the methodology was wrong, it was at least a guideline for them to mm-hmm. look at. Okay, but you still yeah. can look up things. You just have to dig on the SMS website. You know, it's just not in front of you. Oh, we just lost Dave again. Um, I think he wanted to say something else, but okay. Well, and if there's anybody else. I'm sorry. That's all right. I just want to let people know that they can can call in at 347-826-9170 if you're listening on the Internet. And if you're one of those listening already and you're already up here on the switchboard and you want to be a part of the show, just click one on your keypad. And, um, oh, you know what I'm going to do right now, Pat? Just hold your thought. Hold your thought right now. Okay. Um, I'm going to go to one of our great sponsors right now. You're listening to Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith on Blog Talk Radio. Don't go anywhere. Alan and Donna will be right back. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, you make the monthly payment and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. There is no big balloon payment at the end and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. This is Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at askthetrucker.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, welcome back, everybody. You're on Ask the Trucker Live. It's our New Year's Eve special. 
Uh, this is our, I think this is our third year we're, we're doing this. Uh, tonight we're going over the 2015 trucker highlights and the 2016 goals. And um, so far we've hit ELDs. And uh, let's see, what are we on now? CSA reform. We've got a CSA. bunch more. And, yeah, what did I call it, Pat? No, CSA, you're right. Oh, I'm okay. Go back to my sheet here. I was reading um, Landline or Landline magazine. Uh, they send me emails, and we heard about this a couple of months back. The FMCSA is wanting to give CSA credits to carriers that put in place all of this. Um, I want to call it electronic garbage because that's what I think of it. This automatic braking, you're following too close, it puts, you know, turns off the cruise control. All this electronic gadgetry to actually run the truck for the driver. So my question and point was, well, wait a minute. Does this mean Walmart's going to get a credit because the truck involved in the New Jersey accident had all this stuff, automatic braking, ELD or E-log, on and on and on, it had all this safety equipment that didn't work and somebody died and now Walmart's going to get a credit on their CSA score. These are some of the insane things we're, we're playing with. Why aren't we training drivers? Well, that's another issue of this past year. We, we, we had the 26-panel uh, public-private partnership between the FMCSA and 26 members, you know, OIDA was one of them, uh, truck driving schools, uh, Ellen Boya of Women in Trucking, so on. And they reached a consensus so that the FNC has to strongly consider the recommendations that this panel made. Now, this is for pre-CDL. This is for truck driving school, training guidelines for truck driving schools to follow. This takes us one step closer but it has nothing to do with actual on-the-job training. We hear drivers complain left and right all day long. They got a kid that's been driving three months working as a driver trainer. Well, you know what? The law permits that. The trainee has a CDL license. There are no more requirements for any further training. This is something that we need to address as well. How do we implement an apprenticeship-type program so these drivers can learn in stages and advance forward? So, you know, that's some of my thought about CSA as well. All of these things interact and work together. You can't just attack one problem, one issue. You have to see how it relates to all of the other problems and issues. And this is not what we're doing. We're picking, we're going after it. Parking, detention pay, all of those separately, you know, yeah, they're worthy of our attention. But if you combine them into one package and attack that package, I think we can find some solutions here. Right. Well, I think, uh, you know, we're, that's this is going to have to be one of those uh Wait and see things with the with the CSA, and they're they're going to have to FMCSA is going to have to go through some, um, you know, serious, uh, legitimate uh, studies in order for these uh, to to prove that that their methodology 
is uh, is worthy of the of the whole of the whole uh, uh, amount of time and money that's been spent in all this. So um, I'm sure they're going to get their act together and 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 address these things. We are all we are all witness to the study that they have conducted and how they twist and turn the information around to suit them. This is but where they, we need organizations such as the the GAO report, Pat. That that you know it, it like yeah, keeps thankfully. them honest. Yeah, that it yeah, keeps them but, honest. You know, we 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 as drivers have to be on top of this too, so we can say bull, bogus. These people are making things up. But we've got to. Well, be this is why we have the uh, the comment that. section to all this stuff. And and I'll tell you what, drivers are really stepping up and making comments now uh, more than ever before. And I think social media has shared uh, with that is is part of the cause of that, because now you know they're given links uh, right on their social media page or in an email or something, and said, "Here, you need to you need to comment." So. Uh, you know, hats off uh, to, to drivers who comment on these things. Yes. <clears throat> and Definitely and like I said, social media is a big part. Um, driver drug testing, that's another thing that passed uh, in the highway bill, allows uh, carriers to test drug, drug, uh, drivers via their hair in lieu of urine. So, um, you know, that's another thing that, that went. A detention time study. Uh, the bill requires FMCSA to study and produce a report on how truck driver t- detention at shippers and receivers impacts drivers, their schedules, their pay, and uh, the impedance of flow of U.S. freight. So I'd like to see that one. I wonder how many years that's going to take to to happen. Um, that's a great study, but, you know, these things just drag on and on and on and on. It just, you know, I wouldn't hold my breath for any of them. The same with the insurance rule study. Congress directed FMCSA to further study carrier liability insurance. I mean, and this is all what passed in the highway bill for everybody who's who's listening. Um, now, I just I just threw out three more things. The Jerry, Pat, um, callers, hold on. Let me see if anybody else has their hand up. Nope, I don't see a hand up. Uh, let me scroll down. We can go down the line. Okay. Drug testing. Hair follicle gives a history. Um, it's not good for the previous three days. So what this tells us, with the carriers wanting to have hair follicle, which is going to include the hair strand, that gives them a history that goes back over several months. So they can see if mm-hmm. you were using drugs two or three months before you made application. So far as accidents and whatnot are concerned, they're going to have to stick with urine or blood tests. That's the only way that they will have an accurate reading of whether drugs or alcohol were being used prior to any accident. So you must understand hair follicle is more for a history of the previous two or three months. Okay. Um, detention. Well, you know, I actually thought that the uh, hair follicle uh, drug test was more than just two or three months. I thought it was like six months to a year, but you're saying it's only for two to three months? Oh, it could be six months. It really depends on how long your hair is, doesn't it? If I've got my hair, and I my, I wear my hair long, it's, you know, 14 inches long, that gives him how many years' worth of 
information right there. Uh, you hear about them wanting to pull hairs from the underarm um, if you shave your head, for example, things like this. Well, I guess it would depend on how long the hair is as to exactly how back, how far back the history is going to go. We we lose something like a million hairs a day, but we're always replenishing that hair supply. So we're, we're a bunch of shaggy dogs that, that are shedding. <laughs> yeah. well, uh, you can look at a hair... You can look at a, a piece of hair, kind of like rings on a tree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So, I mean, I guess if your hair's really long, you can go back a year. You know, some women, right? Yeah. Well, on something else here, Donna, I like the fact that you gave credit to the drivers that are making the calls and staying involved. Uh, right. This goes back to some of the problems. In fact, I was speaking with my mechanic last night down here in Memphis at Freightliner. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, right now, compared to the past, here I go again, you know, one time the Teamsters Union. And, uh, you know, there's a problem there that 90% of the drivers are really, really very reliable. But here we go. There were several things that came out over the years that the industry wanted to try a, a cab under type thing and so on and so forth. Well, at that time, the truckers had a voice. Yes, it was through the union. And we put a stop to some of the stuff. Not only that, but it was Teamsters contracts that required air seats, that required air conditioning. So there's some benefits to the truckers' voice. Mm-hmm. The the new system now they call the on guard system, I guess it is. Or if a car pulls in front of you too shortly, it puts the brakes on. Well, I've talked to numerous drivers, I have their names, got their phone numbers, encourage them to get a hold of his name is Larry Long. Mm-hmm. Who is he with? He's at National National Highway Transportation Safety Administration. Larry okay. asked me, he says, encourage the drivers to write in about their experiences with some of these systems that are not working from the driver's opinion. That on-guard system is one. This mechanic right down here last night said he took a truck out for a test drive, a bobtail. He didn't even know what was on there. He didn't even know what it was. The car pulled in front of me, slammed the brakes on. He says, scared of daylight's enemies. He says, it threw me up on the steering wheel. <laughs> I says, you said slammed. He says, slammed the brakes on. Now, mm-hmm. National Highway Transportation Safety Administration is actually kind of promoting this and wants it required on all the vehicles. Now, we have an engineer at NHTSA. His name is Larry Long, and I don't have his number available here. We'll have to put it on another show. I'm at home, so I'm not in the truck. And okay. he's wanting drivers to write in about their experiences with this, the something or other cruise control system that Freightliner's putting on trucks. I had them disabled, the damn thing that's unsafe. But here again. I think you mentioned that uh, one other time, too. Yeah. We need the truckers. Need We need a trucker's voice out here. Not only well, for what's happening in our working conditions, but even what science and engineering is trying to impose upon us that puts our very lives at risk. They're having, yeah. a, having a runaway with us. The industry, OEMs, everybody's just walking all over drivers, 
because we got no way of standing up and saying, hey, listen to what I'm saying. Well, you know, that's one of the things that we're going to be talking about as far as our goals go uh, for the show. And I I think you've hit it dead on. Um, You know, Pat and I were talking before, and, and, you know, we agreed before we have a voice, we have to have a unity and, um, and awareness take place. And because a voice has to represent a majority, and um, as you know, I, I don't have to. I'm not telling you anything new. <clears throat> Getting people to agree is is kind of rough. Hey, for all you people on the line, just click one on your keypad if you want to jump in on this conversation. If you're listening on the internet, three four seven eight two six nine one seven zero. But yeah, absolutely, Jerry. The idea of a of a voice is is so important, and and because there's a lot of voices, and what's happening is it's like being in a room with a lot of people talking, and then it's just like a bunch of noise you hear. So Chaos. if it's gonna go, yeah, if it's gonna go, which is great, it's great. People are talking. Okay, I mean well, that's wonderful, but. It's kind of come to a point, if anything's really going to be done by all this conversation, there has to be a focal point where things can um, actually be achieved. And and if if there's going to be a voice, it has to represent the majority of of what people are thinking. But anyway, uh, go ahead, uh, Pat, Jerry, whatever you were saying on that. I wanted to follow up on what Jerry's saying. What we don't Uh realize is they're wanting this automatic stopping because the radar says there's a stopped vehicle in front of you. Throw the brakes on. That's on the tractor. What's throwing the brakes on on the trailer? What's going to stop that trailer from throwing you into a jackknife or or making you lose it completely because you're on ice and snow? If the trailer is not part of this automatic OnStar braking stuff, you're made a more dangerous situation than what you have by having a skilled driver driving the truck to begin with. Training. You mm-hmm. know? Um, well, see, Donna, we... really, this this could, these are, because I have friends of mine in the industry, they like to tell me, because I'm almost 70 years old, that I'm anti-technology. Well, they can't beat me on this one, because I am the driver that was selected to field test the Eaton Vorad system which is the beginning of this whole thing. I know it up some side and down the other. See, the, the the thing here is, on certain days and certain traffic conditions, if they could get it to where it wasn't slamming on the brakes, that's valuable. But get out here in ice and snow condition. You know, it's running between 32 and 34 degrees. The road surface mm-hmm. is still wet, but the bridges were coming on through icing. The car does a donut in front of it, slams the brakes on. You just went into a jackknife. They need to, all we need to do on some of this stuff is a simple little on-off switch. Let the professional. And we assume he was professional because naturally, they qualify the people before they even train them. And then they train them very well. I'm being a little facetious now. But let the qualified professional at the wheel determine when the conditions are favorable to the use of this or not favorable to the use of this. It's that simple. 
Okay. What do you have to say about that, Pat? Well, I think the driver needs to be in control. I think we need driver training, so we're putting drivers out here that are able to be in control. I don't think we can have CDL mills, even with the new standards that we're waiting to come out. If a driver isn't given the opportunity without pressure to learn their trade through experience, we haven't done anything. An apprentice carpenter goes through four stages of apprenticeship to become a journeyman carpenter. Apprenticeships have been used since Roman times. This is how we train people to be professionals. Going and getting a CDL does not make you a truck driver. Drivers know that. Right. A month in a training truck with a with a three month you know experienced driver does not give you time to learn. This needs to be spread out over several seasons. I think with a graduated license, you can instigate an apprenticeship type program, and you can decide this level one driver is qualified to, to pull this type of trailer with this type of load. As they progress in time, they can move up to tankers or buses or whatnot. I mean, we can do this. ATA is wanting with the 18-year-old drivers. Oh, we can put them through a nine-month apprenticeship to train them. Is nine months enough time? Mm -hmm. Well, Well, I don't know if that came out after the transportation bill or before it, but that got struck down. Uh, out of the transportation bill. There's no under-21 truckers except uh, something to do with the military, if they were driving in the military, and I think even then they have to be 19 and a half or something like that. So um, that was just one more way to get cheap labor in the market anyway, and everybody knows it. So uh, I was coming across Interstate 5 in California over, Cabot, over uh, uh, Grapevine uh, yesterday, and I had an army truck racing me along, 35 mile an hour coming down the hill. Right, he's right on my butt. No following distance, nothing. You know, are these guys even trained to run over the road? Sure, hauling a military load out in the boonies or on the back highways. Yeah, they're getting experience, but do they really have experience to come in as a journeyman driver? Right. And See, it's, it's, I, I think I think we're focusing on training. Let's face it, let's go to the military. When you sign up, you get through your boot camp, before they train you on anything, they start a qualification process. What are your natural aptitudes? What are your natural yes. skills? See, before nobody's talking about this. I have a couple times on Dave Nemo. And something just happened recently. I've got two calls on it. Long before we even put them in a training program, there needs to be a qualification process. Who is this person? What are their what are their natural habits? What are their natural aptitudes? What are their you know the things they do well and the things they don't do well? Uh, the Briggs Myers tests. Yeah, had some experience with those. You know, they ask the same question five times over in a different way. Are you the type of person that can 
operate independently, or do you need to be supervised? Are you the type of person who panics? Are you the type of person who never panics? Because we don't need the one who never panics, because that's the wild, the wild-eyed cowboy running 90 miles an hour in ice and snow. The one. Then we also have the one that panics when they see the first snowflake. Somewhere between those two is what we really want. Are you a decision maker? Can you just natural? Are you a problem solver? There are any number of things. Are you the type of person, believe it or not? I feel sorry for some of these new people. They spend three, four, five thousand dollars. Get out here and find out that they're homesick. That's terrible. These right. things can all be determined. There's a vetting process, and that's to protect some of these people. They get into this, and they're totally lost. They've been tricked well, you into know, it. They've been lured into it. They're being exploited. Oh, absolutely. About four years ago, I remember uh, Desiree Wood from Real Women in Trucking and I had a show. And at the time, it was a show uh, about... How, how awful it is that CDL trainers, um, you know, how they have little experience and there's no qual- there's no vetting, there's no nothing. And we talked about having a questionnaire because there was all this uh, sexual harassment going on. Mm-hmm. And, and if there was some kind of questionnaire to give these people before they can become trainers. I mean, after all, right. they're living they're living in a truck with another human being 24/7. You know, there's got to be some kind of uh, you know, qualification or personality um co- co- if they're compatible. So, anyway, uh th- this this is something watch, watch that this. really there's a, there's a very good current example of this. Uh a couple of friends of mine called me and said, have you read about this? The driver. And I'm using driver, so I don't make female male. I don't want to be interpreted that way. This driver with 42 to 44,000 pounds of bottled water the other day. Out here somewhere in Indiana, gets oh, on comes up on a bridge built in the 1880s. There's mm-hmm. a big sign that says no trucks, six mm. tons. This person could not make decisions. She might have been very, very good at backing in. She might have been very, very good at the fundamental shifting and this, that, and the other thing. But when it comes to solving a problem, everything mm-hmm. went wrong. And she could have died, by the way, and the person with her could have died. I saw the proper answer to that situation was to don't do anything until you figure out how to back out or something, but you don't pull onto a bridge built in the 1880s with a no-truck sign on it. I guess she didn't know how to figure convert tons to thousands of pounds. That could be a problem. But the the fundamental thing is if if you don't know what to do, sometimes you do nothing. You just stay there until the end of the world comes. At least you don't die or kill somebody. Right. Right. I, I mean, that sounds to me that six tons, I, I, she could have just gone brain dead and just, you know, forgot how many pounds were See, in a ton now, and, and couldn't do the calculation. Good, There's where the critical thinking comes in. Right. There's where a Briggs-Myers test or something like that could have determined that, wait a minute, 
in a, in a critical thinking situation, this person doesn't function very well. So right. this person should not be by themselves with an 80,000-pound truck at 30 miles an hour, let's, much less 70 miles an hour. This person does not fundamentally have the thinking skills, the aptitude, or whatever to perform this job, no matter how much you train them. Or sure. she didn't have proper training to know that 80,000 pounds equals 40 tons. Empty, a tractor is right at 15 to 17 uh, tons to begin with. That far Well, the thing is, tons. Pat, she might have just gone brain dead and couldn't think, oh, my God, how many pounds are right. in a ton? You know? How am I going to get oh, to the other what side? A, yeah. What about the yeah. sign that said no? What about the sign that said no trucks? Oh, yeah, that's a pretty good clue, huh? I went yeah, to truck and, driving school in 1989, I believe it was. I borrowed, I went on a Pell Grant, government money. This aptitude test makes a lot of sense to me. If I'm going to buy government, uh, borrow government money, what's a $50 test to make sure that I'm suited for the job? Well, you see... Right. Oh, absolutely. By $50, we can make sure that we're going to get our $5,000 back that we're loaning this guy to go to truck driving school. And there's, there's no reason why there shouldn't be an application fee. The applicant Pat, pays for the $50 test. Pat, let's face it. Is it really uh, qualified drivers wanted, or is it obedient people who will do what they're told? Okay. Yep. There you go. I thought we had a zero death policy. We want zero deaths on the highways of America. Well, she's not here anymore. (laughs) That is not the right? And the and the other side of this is if you want to look at the the positive side, through that aptitude or testing, let's say this person ended up in a bad situation and needed to relaunch a new career. I'm there with them. I'm not a hard hearted person. Who knows, maybe through the proper testing and evaluation, this person could have had some skills that could have been highly developed and very, very beneficial to the whole society. Maybe she'd have made a terrific nurse. Maybe she'd have made a terrific uh, physician's assistant or something. Maybe because of the fact that we allow the American Trucking Association, TCA, and their deceptive ways to lure people into this business by the use of free government money, this person might still have some really, really valuable skills that would have been worth the investment in her and made the world better. Absolutely. No, she, well, got, tricked, she got tricked into trucking. And a lot of them do, and of course a lot of them don't last more than a year. Uh, but, boy, I'm looking down the list here. Time's running, and there's so much more to go through. I just want to get through some of these highlights uh, that that we've uh, gone through in 2015. We're still in the transportation bill, and there's a bunch more uh, after that. So I'm just going to say the size and weight, no changes. That got uh, knocked out of the highway bill. So trucks uh, are the same size, same length, same weight which I know a lot of people are glad about because it was just more way to get more work done cheaper. 
I'm sure if they increased the sizes, it didn't mean there was an automatic wage increase. So that's a victory. Uh, carrying hiring standards, that was scratched. Now the Denim Amendment that we fought so hard for, all of us. And I want to combine right. this, uh, Pat and Jerry. This was a huge victory. And this goes back to what you were saying, Jerry, and what you've been saying, Pat, about uh, Truckers United. This was an act of drivers coming together. And uh, what it took was it took it took ads and money and people sharing things on social media, and uh, it was thrown out. And it would have been we had a special show. Uh, Jerry had a, a a lot to say on that show the night we uh, we did the Denim Amendment, um, kind of like an emergency show to call your yes, senators, yes. tell them not to not to uh, allow it in the transportation bill. And uh, we won. But this is an example of what you were talking about, the truckers' voice and truckers being united. And I'll tell you what, they did come together. But what did it take? I mean, it took a lot of a lot of uh, effort on everybody's part sharing all this. It took a lot of ad money, Facebook ads and things like that. So, um, But it got through. So the point is that, yeah, when people agree on something and they're passionate about it, it's amazing what can be accomplished with all that. You know, Donna, lead- what, I've been uh-huh. saying, what I've been saying all along, it just hit me as you were saying this, that this is going to come to a crisis. And when the crisis mm-hmm. happens, then we need to be there. See, we perceive this denim amendment because the way it was almost mm-hmm. sneaked past us, as a crisis. Right, right. When we perceived it as a crisis, guess what? We were able to do it. Right. We might right. just have to settle for for just, at least for now, being it was hard to get us organized. We might just have to settle for things to reach a crisis ever for us to react. Mm-hmm. That proves the point that it's going to be a catastrophic event or a serious event or crisis that will bring us together. We need the crisis to bring us together. We need that mm-hmm. threat. And that threat was to our very financial existence in this business, in the past, present, and future. We saw it, we responded to it, and did a darn good job at it. And it was like almost a trial run to what you can do. Well, I'll tell you who the true trial run that we should have been convinced, and it's part of our um, of our next thing of 2015 uh, that happened, is the National Truck Parking uh, Coalition, which was formed. And it was formed exactly what we're talking about tonight from a person who was so... Um, determined to have a law passed and that for more safe truck parking that never gave up, that had all kinds of challenges and obstacles, including three children under the age of three years old, okay? And that person was uh, Hope Rivenberg of Jason's Law. And this is an example of of a trucker's voice going to Washington lobbying on her own dime, and why? 
what was she going to get out of it? Nothing. Her husband was already dead, okay? So there's nothing she was getting. She just didn't want any other family to have to go through this. So this this kind of reminds me of when drivers will see, you know, dr- other truckers only making 25, 30, 35 a year and and a, a voice trying to say we need to do something about it and they come back and go, "Oh, well I make 100,000 a year." Well, gee, isn't that grand and dandy for you? But don't you care what the other guy's doing? And and that's what this, when I look at this National Truck Parking Coalition, which was formed this past 2015 because of six years of sacrifice and efforts, and I'm going to tell you all something. There's a 501C over at uh, Hope Rivenberg's website, and and everybody needs to donate $5 to that. There's no need after six years of, um, let me see, 2009, yeah, six years of lobbying, and she still goes to Washington and pays for her own trips, that that she should have to pay for anything after all the work she's accomplished, especially through the achievement of Jason's Law and the Transportation Bill and now the National Truck Parking. This is one person, one person that started with three children under the age of three years old and a dead husband. So I, I tell you, if that's not inspiration to everybody listening to this show tonight, I'm going to put up her website, and I say that everybody go in there and make a donation tonight um, uh, to to Hope Rivenberg. She has not asked for one penny in the six years I've known her, never. And uh, I, I tell you, yeah. So you know who else? You know who else? It's like Donna, and she, huh. they they named their organization wrong. Pat Eisenberg, Pat and her husband. Okay. Parents Against Tired Truckers. Now, they, share, they share with everybody wrong. about this. Okay, Parents Against Tired Truckers. I talked to Pat okay. and her husband many years ago. Uh-huh. And, uh, in fact, it started the whole paid-for sleeper thing at a large retail firm that we all know of. That's why their drivers uh-huh. get paid to go to the sleeper berth. That was uh-huh. their truck that was in this incident on the main turnpike many years ago, three, four o'clock in the morning, four college boys coming home from wherever college or whatever had a flat tire on the main turnpike. A truck driver way too many hours at the wheel, fell asleep, never even hit the brakes. And I feel sorry for the driver of this truck. How would you like to have to go through the rest of your life? Mm-hmm. With a sign behind, killed all, killed all four of those boys. When mm-hmm. Pat and her husband began to look into this, what they were shocked to find out was the tired trucker syndrome is mostly due to a lot of dispatching that doesn't recognize the need for reasonable rest and hours. Mm-hmm. That the driver should work and work themselves to death to earn a living. It's just too bad for time to time. We take others with us. So they formed this organization called Parents Against Tired Truckers. I wish they had named it something else. But they spent a lot of time in Washington. Yeah, there was probably a handsome insurance settlement, but they took that all and turned it some type of, I forget what they call it now, 
and it was dedicated to trying to get truckers so they could be paid sufficiently enough so that they could afford to have uh, decent rest periods and wouldn't have to drive themselves to the point of falling asleep at the wheel and killing four college boys. Right. And and see, that's... But see, that's the uh, thought that needs to be driven home, not that um, the other part of that is, well, truckers are just greedy. They, just, they just want to make more money. They, people don't understand unless this is really pounded into them, uh, the general public and everyone who needs to know. Uh, personally, I think that um, the, the safety advocacy groups should be the trucker's friend, not enemy. I, yeah. I don't. I don't. They are, okay. I mean, they, they're they're they, out to get them higher wages. Yes, initially this is true and correct, but the truck drivers aren't aware of this and are not working to better themselves. Many of these safety advocacies have been advocating for uh, hourly pay for many years now. Um, they want drivers to get paid for doing the job that they're doing. They understand what drivers are going through to, to a large degree. Um, they don't get the credit. But you know what? When the ATA takes advantage of them for their end, end goal, this ELD rule, they, they partnered with the safety advocates to get the safety advocates on board, and then they slammed the door on them. These people right. are on a mission to make the roads safer, and they don't care at this point whether I make a living wage or not. I'm not standing up and saying I need more money. So they're going to keep moving their agenda forward, whatever it takes. If that's automatic braking systems, if that's – they're going to do what they can do with the tools they have to work with. If truck drivers won't unite with them, won't work with them – that we can work together to better the wages, which is ultimately the answer to the safety issue. A driver that's getting paid for doing the job he's doing and is making a fitting living wage, fitting the job, there is no need to break the law. You know going into it that that my earning potential is this. If that's unsatisfactory to you, then go find another job. If you're willing to work in the seventy to a hundred thousand dollar range and be gone three hundred days out of the year, fine, drive a truck. But right now we see it again and again. Thirty nine thousand dollars last year. Bureau of Labor Statistics for two thousand thirteen, forty thousand four hundred dollars. Uh papers from the ATA from two thousand, forty one thousand six hundred dollars. You can go right on down the line. Wages are not keeping up. But, oh, we're going to give you an extra two cents a mile. Fifty to fifty-two cents a mile seems to be top dollar nowadays. And the way these carriers twist the numbers around, oh, you can make $70,000. We pay our drivers 49 cents a mile. If you do the math, these drivers have to spend 340 days to make that $68,000. I've done the math. I've, I've, it's on my website for public view, laid out in front of everybody. Point is, safety comes at a price. 
the only people paying that price are we drivers because our hours are regulated. Our time is governed. Our time is governed. We need time to run miles because we get paid by the mile. Piecework. Hey, you know? Pat, I'm going to, I'm going to, I think this is a good time to introduce another part of the subject we talked about earlier today. Okay. All right. Right here it is out of Heavy Duty Trucking Magazine. Uh, I don't know, within the past two or three months, what is it here? October 2015. Truck driver fatalities at sign. Two hundred and or seven hundred and twenty five fatalities recorded in two thousand fourteen. That means not only is the pay going down according to the economists for the whole American Trucking Association, but now our fatalities are beginning to drastically increase. Seven hundred and twenty five fatalities on the job last year. That means there's two drivers a day that leave home in this country and come back in a pine box. No other industry, according to this article, has that high of a fatality rate. Well, I just want to say one thing to that. Um, I believe that um, these increases have come up, have increased since uh, a lot of the CSA was was put into place for whatever reason. Now, is that a coincidence? We're racing the clock. Not only that, but think about this. This is possible in the allotted time. And we don't realize that because of CSA, the miles are being rationed out. Carrier's not going to dispatch a driver 4,000 miles a week anymore. I mean, it's just not going to happen. So they, 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 they advertise and they promise you miles, 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 but 2,500 to 3,000 miles seems to be about the average. Now, of course, if you're on a dedicated back-and-forth run, you can realistically get up, you know, 3,500 miles or whatnot. Uh, if you hear drivers all the time saying, oh, it's how you manage your time, well, yeah, that's a big part of it. But they're also using e-logs, not ELDs. They pull into the receiver the night before. They get their 10-hour break. They wake up the next morning, they move the truck to the loading dock. When they get offloaded, they start their e-log, they start their book. Well, that possibly is going to change with e-logs because that truck moved from parking place to dock. As your time mm-hmm. started, I bet your money, I, I really feel like that's what e-log, ELD is going to do to us. And, and let me back up for a minute, please. Okay, because I want to go over, um, when you're done, we're, we're going to go into um, the Kenny Capel case. That was the okay. hugest thing in 2015. But go ahead. I don't want to interrupt you. No, I, I, I want to use this as an example. The lady lost her husband. Is that what it takes for you to right. do something it, about the way, the conditions that we're working under out here? Do you have to... Uh, lose your spouse or lose your child? This one woman accomplished so It's part of NAP 21, Jason's Law. Everybody now, said it wasn't going to make it in. Everyone. If one woman can do this, what can 
500,000 a million truck drivers working together accomplish? Because it has we to come cry, from within. We cry and complain about the government, the government, the government. Well, you know what? The ATA is using the government. The TCA is using the government. The safety groups are using the government. Maybe it's time for us to start using the government so that the government really knows all sides of the story. They don't know what's mm-hmm. going on with the truck driver right now because we're not telling them. This is a, a, a democracy. We elect people to represent us. If we don't tell those people that were, were elected, I may not have voted for him. doesn't know that. He knows that I'm a registered voter, and when I call his office, he listens to me. I'm a registered voter. They can give him all the money in the world for his advertising. The money does not put him into office. The vote puts him into office. We need to start playing by the rules. We need to throw this cowboy Indian outlaw crap out the window and start participating. And if we work together on this, Hope Rivenberg had an amendment to MAP 21 Highway Bill, Jason's Law. What can we do if we work together? I'm done. Oh, that was that was a good that was a good rant. Um, but again, yeah, I mean, she should she should be everybody's role model. I mean, for what she's done, it's just unbelievable. Um, I, I still sit in awe sometimes when I look back at it. So that's that's our uh, mot- motivating factor right there. Uh, another another person who stood up for their rights. One person um, was Kenny Capel. This was a huge story. Uh, in 2015, uh, Kenny was arrested for obstructing justice by a Georgia Motor Carrier Compliance Officer, Leah A. Parsons, as he refused to violate the federally mandated hours of service rule. And if everybody remembers, uh, we had about two or three shows with Kenny. Um, When the SBTC found out about this, this was the Small Business and Transportation Coalition, they decided to help Kenny since Kenny Kenny was a member of the Small Business and Transportation Coalition. And and this is is a a trade group, kind of like OIDAS. It, 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 It encompasses not just drivers, but all small trucking business. But anyway... Uh, SBTC went to bat and filed a police misconduct complaint with the U.S. Department of Justice. And I'll tell you what, they won, okay? The case was thrown out, and this is what happens when you, uh, you have a voice, when you unite. And a lot of drivers were united. I, I, I'll, try to post, I'll try to remember to post the replays of this show. But these shows were 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 great that that went on, and Kenny's a great guy. I hope he's listening here tonight. I know isn't, at least he'll be to the to the replay. But uh, yeah, there's a there's the a same, few articles, huh? Isn't this the same organization that's going after Mike's Law? Yes, this is the same. My, okay. uh, James Lamb of SBTC. He's also uh, going for Mike's Law, which is the right to carry. 
Uh, it, what really all it does is, to put it in a nutshell, Mike's Law, uh, you still go, you know, have your permit from your state. And if Mike's Law goes through, you would then need to apply for a national permit so that you could go through all 48 states without going through each state's reciprocity law and memorizing which state goes with which state. In other words, if you had a national uh, permit, you could go into New York, basically, or California, or New Jersey, or Chicago, or you know any one of the. It would be it would override everything. Now, for those who don't want, a lot of people, a lot of libertarians say, "Oh, I don't want a national permit. I'm going to go with only my state permit." Well, that's fine. Keep your state permit and keep abiding by the. Uh, uh, 48 state uh, reciprocity laws, so it's it's a choice. But yeah, that's what Mike's law is in a nutshell. It, it just relieves you from all that worry of taking your gun and packing it, the gun here and the bullets here, and you know all that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, that's the same group, the SBTC. And let's uh, segue. Huh? Let's segue into let's segue into petitions because Mike law Mike's law is one of the that we put up uh, Right Okay so there's Mike's Law um, Oida has a petition Up about uh, speed limiters Let me see if I can remember right. The other two um, You got Joe Ammons Who I hope he's Joel listening Mo. here tonight I don't know his number so I can't tell If he's uh, on That's the switchboard That's a good one yep. fair labor, one, Amending but... the Fair Labor Standard Act there you right. go. Because the drivers are exempted from fair labor. Joe Moan's petition has been out for almost, I want to say, three years. And the last time I looked, there was only 500 signatures. And the premise well, for Joe's... about that. Well, that's what I'm saying. Uh, the premise for Joe's uh, petition is, hey, wait a minute. The Fair Labor Standard Act denies truck drivers the right to collect overtime because the carriers say, well, we don't know if he's working or not. Well, they got an ELD in the truck now, people. They know exactly what that driver's doing. So we, we no longer need this exemption from overtime. Okay? Hey, Pat. Uh, hey, Pat, let me throw yes, one sir? thing in there. Not only that, but they got cameras now in the trucks. How could they say they don't know if the driver's in the truck or not? They could turn the darn camera on and find out. And drivers have, have, have done a piss-poor job camera situation. Uh, there are systems out there that only record, or, 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 or let me see, let me, what's the word? They, they, they only keep or retain 8 to 15 seconds before the triggering event and 8 to 15 seconds after the triggering event. Well, that sounds all fine and dandy. That that should be agreeable. Look at the lawsuits that that helps us with. Problem uh, Pat? is, that's not across <laughs> the board. There are carriers that can turn that camera on at any time and see what you're doing. If you're going to be monitored 24-7 by that type of a camera system, and by golly, you're at work, aren't you? If your supervisor can look over your shoulder and see what you're doing, you got to be at right. work for that. Why aren't you paid for being at work? Again, so the fourth petition, this comes out of Canada. Uh, it's, uh, I know him by Speedman. 
And and the thought was, you know, if America went to Canadian hours of service, that would offer drivers more flexibility. I'm not going to say I agree or disagree with any of these petitions. What I am going to say is that if we sign these petitions, if we send these petitions to D.C., we are sending a message. It might take uh, many, many different messages for them to realize these drivers aren't happy, and they want to affect change. Look at all this stuff we're getting. Speed limiters, Fair Labor Standards Act, Canadian Hours of Service. We need to start sending that message, and the Internet allows us, most of us, not enough of us, but the Internet allows us to have a meeting place where we can act collectively and we can start doing things. That's what mm-hmm. we need to do in 2016. And and that's part of our uh, goals of 2016 is, uh, just as Jerry said, the trucker's voice, and uh, we need unity, and we need to stop bashing one another. And it's called, you know, if you don't agree with somebody, you have open dialogue and respectful dialogue, and you, that's how people come up with ideas. Because once you once you you bash somebody, then they shut down, and you you've just shut down someone that might have had a lot of good ideas. So there has to be more unity. And uh, like I said, we need you know. To- Agree that we disagree. We are not right. all going to be see eye to eye. There's value in that. If we know both sides of the story, hey, I like red and you like white, we can mix it together and come up with pink. We can both agree on pink. You, you, you've got to be able to compromise. It cannot and we be need a, my way. And a focal it point, everybody who has a website. Everybody who has a website, a blog uh, page, um, a Facebook group, okay, we need to we need to come together and all be uh, a voice. Not with the not saying everybody has to say the same thing, but at least be on the same page and know what the issues are to be able to uh, share dialogue. I'm going to tell you right now, and uh, Pat, I had forgotten all about this. On trucking social media, there's a resource page. If you have a website, a blog, a Facebook group, whatever, and you want to be heard and people to know where you're at, this is free, free advertising we give over on trucking social media. Just send us the name of your website and, or, your, or your blog or your Facebook group or whatever it is. If it edifies the trucking community, and it helps unify the voice, then send us the link and we'll be happy, free of charge, to put it up on trucking social media. Um, You can go over there and see what's up there now. There's quite a few groups up there, but I'm sure there's plenty more that need to be added to this page um, on the resource page. Not the partners page, but the resource page. That's a free page, truckingsocialmedia.com. So, uh, you know, I forgot all about that, Pat. Uh, right. You know, we were talking about that today, a focal point. Well, um, there's a lot look, more look. people coming on the lines. Uh, I, w- I just want to tell them, uh, if, you're, if you're listening on the Internet uh, and you want to be a part of this conversation before it closes down tonight, uh, you dial 
888-646-9170. And then click 1 on your keypad, and that lets us know you want to be a part of the show. Now, for all you that just jumped on, and I don't know what happened, if somebody shared a link or something, but a whole bunch of people just jumped on the lines here. And uh, if you do want to comment, uh, have a question, want to say what your goal is in 2016 or what you think a highlight was in 2015, just click 1 on your keypad right now, and that will kind of like raise your hand on the switchboard. Um, If not, if you're just enjoying the show and and listening in, that's great too. We'd love to have you here. Uh, Whenever you're done, I want to address another issue, please. Okay. Um, well, I think I think I've gone uh, far enough with that. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I think we all need to realize a fact in life: there is no such thing as something for nothing. It may look like it's free, but there's a hidden cost. That goes to say what what Donna, you know, is saying about trucking uh, social media. That thing that, that that site didn't go on the web internet for free. It cost somebody some money. Hope Rivenberg didn't go to D.C. and do all that she did for free. It cost her a lot of money. Um, I think I spent, I've, I've already spent about $5,000 this year just in, in what little, and I've done very little. What little I've done, I've paid for this out of my pocket. I have no problem right. doing that. The problem is, is everybody in today's society seems to think, oh, I've got to buy it on sale. I'm going to get something for nothing. You know what? Our futures are at stake here. If you're happy with the way things are, then sit on your butt and do nothing. If you want to affect change, you've got to pay the price. Oh, Ida, I'm no Ida man. Do I agree with everything Oida says and does? No. But for $45 a year to have lobbyists in D.C. representing me, Jerry, I think it was you, Jerry, you told me that when uh, uh, Harold was talking to his congressman, uh, that he said that the congressman told Harold that the ATA is knocking on their door every day. And if it's not the ATA, it's the TCA. These people have access to our legislatures. They have lobbyists, but all the drivers want to do is complain about lobbyists. Well, you know what? You need to play the game by the rules as they are set up. The rules are you have lobbyists go to D.C. to represent you. The only lobbyist I'm aware of is Oida, and and, and Don and I were talking about uh, Harold Lamb uh, spending a lot of his own money going to D.C. to lobby for certain things. Oh, James Lamb. This James, is Lamb. James Lamb. This is not free. We need to support the people who are making the effort to go to D.C. to speak on our behalf. We don't have to agree 100% with what they're doing because you know what? Our legislatures are going to ultimately be the end deciders. We can present our legislatures a problem and several solutions but our legislatures are going to decide exactly how to solve the problem. So we don't have to agree letter for letter. What we have to do is start acting. By the way, I'm Pat, right. I can throw this in. Pat, you share with me a lot of what you see on, what is it, uh, 
site you go to that, you know, I don't know the social media stuff at all. And it seems to me there's a lot of infighting going on about whose way is the best way. There's probably 50 good ways of doing this. If you get 50 people with their own way of doing something and we're all attacking the same problem, it's going to get solved. It may end up 25 of the 50 were better, but who cares? We're devoted to the same thing. What I'm hearing, on, I guess it's Facebook, you know, Pat, everybody's fighting with each other about, no, this way is better and this way would be better. Back with whose way is better. Are you all fighting for the same common goal? Forget about all right. the semantics and all this, that, and the other thing. Which way are you going to turn this? Which way are you going to turn that? Quit the infighting focus, and this is where the ATA and the TCA is beating us. Right. They've got us fighting among ourselves. And by the way, <laughs> right. I believe, and Pat, I disagree on a lot. I believe the big problem is not the MSCA. I believe the big problem is the ATA and the TCA. We would not have the ELD problem. We would not have the speed limiter problem. We would not have the the, uh, the inadequate training if it wasn't for the ATA and the TCA. They sit back, and they got the drivers attacking the government. While the whole right. time we're attacking right. the government, they <laughs> right. forget that it's the ATA and the TCA that's really behind the government. The hell with the government. Excuse my language, Donna. The hell with all the government and all that kind of stuff. Go to where the problem is. That's the ATA and the TCA. But see, now I'm going to attack us drivers a little bit here. We can go out here and attack and yell and scream at some nebulous organization called the government. We will never get in trouble. But I'll tell you where the real test of guts is, and it occurred to me today, my mentors, my father, my uncles, and that generation, the World War II generation, it finally occurred to me today in a discussion with another friend. Why were they able to stick together? Why were they not fearful of anything? Because they became warriors before they were even young men. They went off to the war, 17, 18, and 19 years old. They understood command. They understood mission. They understood the responsibility of each other to each other to survive. When they came out of that war, they were warriors before they ever hit the darn picket lines. As, as, after, right and that's what I was well. talking about, the passion. You know, you have to have a – before you can do anything and have it be effective, it has to come from your soul. You know, we, we – how can I put it? You know, to stick around for ten years, you know, it's got to come from within uh, to to be able to keep doing this. You know, and and you'll find this out, Pat. I mean, you know, the the more you you strive for justice for people and um, to to do what's right, it, it's just a matter of of. Um, what's the words I'm looking for? When you know justice, when you know something's wrong and it and it shouldn't be and you just have to stand up for it. And I guess that's what Hope did because she knew it was wrong. And that's what, unless you get to that point, you don't have victory. 
And that's why it was very, very um, encouraging to see everybody who called up for that denim amendment. It meant something. There was passion behind it. And if that can happen for this, it can happen for anything. Donna, I'm about to say something. I hope this comes out right. I'm about to turn 70 years old. In my early 30s, I went down to the University of Memphis and did a study and go with Union job had died and this, that, and everything. Do I want to stay in this business or not? I was about 32, 33 years old. It took me a whole summer to decide. But I was so convinced that at some point, knowing the history of labor, this, that, and the other, that there would be a driver shortage because industry would exploit and treat the drivers like slaves, which they did. Mm-hmm. The only thing is, mm-hmm. it took 37 years. Now, here I am as a 70 year old. And I'm sharing this with a 22-year-old. We were tied up in the snowstorm out in Wyoming, 35-year-old, another guy about 40 or so. So I'm doing some reevaluating, folks. I'm saying to myself, you know, for 37 years, I counted on the driver shortage, and this business would turn around. Well, obviously it hasn't. So here's what I want drivers to really think about. Don't be Jerry Fritz. I know there's a lot of stuff out here on you. I've got the awards and this, that, and the other, and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I spent 37 years at this time fighting for it, hoping for it, measuring every little financial and statistical thing to see if it's about to happen or if it's going to happen. Don't waste people. For you that may have other choices, Unless you're really willing to get out here and fight for this. Not just talk about it, but be the warrior first. That's what we've got to get back to. See, I saw that generation. I saw that generation right. work. Don't waste. If all you're going to do now, folks, is talk about it, wish about it, this, that, and the other thing, don't do like I did, maybe. Waste the last 37 years of your life. And if anything, the numbers keep going down. So could I say I wasted 37 years hoping, planning, and working for things to get better? The way the numbers are showing up right now? Yep. Jerry wasted the last 37 years of his working life. I don't think you you wasted it because you were successful in your business as best it could be for the situation. And not only that, but you were able to achieve mentorship for many others. And any time you work for the benefit and have the passion to help others, uh, you're, you can't say you've wasted anything. If anything, the um, the success rate is tremendous in people who, who do for others. I, I think it's all how you measure things, uh, Jerry. Well, we're, Jerry's obviously measuring things in a monetary way right now. Uh, I told Jerry the same thing. Jerry's one heck of a man, one heck of a mentor to me. Jerry has taught me so much, and he, he can share with other people. We don't have to agree that Jerry's right, wrong, or indifferent. But from Jerry's viewpoint, there's a lot to be learned from this man, and there's great value there. 
but how much were you making? You were telling me earlier, Jerry, that you were making what fifty two, fifty three thousand dollars back in what was that, nineteen eighty? Working sixty hours and seven days back when we got paid for all the time on the job in one way or another. And by the way, the logbook made people think I'm crazy. The logbook then the driver saw as their best friend. Right. Because they right. could actually the run out of hours and get a day or two with their family after earning an average of about $48,000 a year. My best friend, bottom man on the board, was making forty two. I'm making fifty three, fifty four. National Master Freight Agreement, so Roadway had those drivers, Transcon, MCF. All the, the different companies in those times had the high and the low, but the average would have been about 48000 a year. And the drivers used that logbook down towards the bottom of the board that didn't get all the long runs. They used to log more hours than they drove so that they could get a day or two off with their family, and they could afford wow. that day or two off. The logbook was little... your best friend. Hey, I'm, hey guys, little... I'm going to open up another line. Uh, another caller just raised their hand. And okay. uh, everybody else that's hanging in here, thank you so much for hanging on. If you want to come on the show, uh, press 1 on your keypad. But I'm going to open up area code 607 now. Area code 607, who do we have? Hey, Happy Donnie, New Year. it's Tom. How are, you doing? How are you doing tonight, Jerry and Pat? Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year, but, Tom. Thank you. Uh, I've only got a couple of minutes here before I have to finish up with the customer. But Jerry said something here that I wanted to jump in on real quick. And uh, Jerry, no, you haven't yes. wasted your time. Because the reason is this. You did what you thought was the best way to approach things. But by you doing what you did, you've laid the groundwork for people coming down the road. Because if you want, you can call yourself a trailblazer, pioneer, whatever fancy term you want to use. But if you didn't set an example and some knowledge, there wouldn't be right. things for the Pat Hockaday's, the Alan Smiths, the Henry Alberts, et cetera, right. to um, you know, have material to work from. Somebody has to lay the foundation. I mean, if you look at some of the greatest monuments of all times, whether it's the Great Pyramids, uh, the the Sphinx, you know, some of the, these other ancient monuments, you know, yes, somebody was the lucky person who got to put the last stone in place, but some poor schmuck someplace was the guy that had to dig the foundation. And you may never know how much you've affected people or the industry by your example. It's like I've recently found out recently by, you know, the small part I do towards driver health, there are a few people out there who've decided to make some small, simple changes. I never thought, you know, I always said I'd be happy if it was one person made a change. I recently found out it's more than one. It's about two or three. But do I take credit for that? No, because other people laid a groundwork for me. And I'm just passing on my little bit of personal experience. And at the end of the day, Somebody has to be the first. You know, we, we can go through some of these lady truck drivers who pioneered it. You know, the Sandy Longs, uh, the um, Sandy Talbots, the, oh, I can't think of her name right now. Uh, I know. I, 
I'm thinking. But, but, but there, there, you, there's a bunch of them, and and the thing is, somebody had to be the first. Somebody had to be that pioneer, Jerry. And at least in this area, you're one of those people. So don't ever think you've wasted your time. Right, right. Oh, my God. <laughs> if your neighbor's barn is on fire, you grab a bucket and you go help him put it out. That's what being a neighbor is all about. I park next to my neighbors every night, but we're not on the same page. We're not looking at this as a, a community. This is not a lifestyle. This is a job. It is a working lifestyle. As a working lifestyle, we live and work together. Uh, Our job provides us the lifestyle we want, the cars we want to drive, the boat we want to take out on on the lake. We need to start looking at this differently. This is business. We're on the road for business to earn a living so that we can afford the lifestyle we desire. It doesn't mean that trucking is not a lifestyle, but it's a working lifestyle. We need to separate that. Um, Jerry, I was going to kind of go off into a little history lesson here, and Jerry can correct me if I'm wrong. Regulation, my viewpoint. We've gone from regulated to deregulated, and now we are moving into controlled. Let's look at the chain of command here. Back in regulation, we had the common carriers, which were basically the union companies, hub and spoke. They had the running authority to go from New York City to Los Angeles, California. These drivers were paid well. This is where, where, oh, you're a truck driver, you make good money. This is where that came from. This is the, the, the... the, the myth that lives on today. Yes, once upon a time, the common carriers paid very well. Now, you had contract carriers. These were the Werners and Schneiders and whatnot. They didn't have a, a lot of running authority. They ran outlaw. This is basically what the movie Smokey and the Bandit was kind of made about. Contract carriers running outlaw dodging scales, they didn't have authority, this, that, and the other. You also had the exempt carriers, produce haulers, steel haulers and whatnot. They didn't even have, they were exempt. They didn't have to run a logbook. Well, this all came to an end in the 80s, and we went into deregulation. Well, what happened? The contract carriers now were able to move up to the position of common carriers. Now the the old outlaws are running the show. Well, then look what happened in the 90s. Uh, E-logs, Qualcomm, whatnot. FNCSA stumbled upon a timestamp based uh, uh, alongside of a GPS location, and they said, oh, hey, look here, Mr. Big Blue. We got you. This log that was perfectly legal, Before we had this information, we thought it was perfectly legal, but now we know you're running outlaw, Mr. Big Blue. So what was the the, the solution? E-logs. E-logs will satisfy the FMCSA. We won't have to pay $5 million in fines. Well, this slowed them down, people. Couldn't run as bad, Al. I drove for Werner, Big Blue. 
back in 1989. I was on the number one board as a solo driver, and I was out doing teams. I was my dispatcher's number one driver, and he was the number one, number two board for mileage. He only ran teams except for me, and I was running more miles than his teams were running. I called it the cost of doing business. So what? I spend $3,000 a year at Logbook fines and speeding tickets and whatnot. Big deal. By running outlaws, putting another $12,000 a year in my pocket. This has gone away. This is no longer possible. This is no longer necessary. We cannot continue playing by, by this old way of looking at things. Computers, ELDs, e-logs. You know, we're being monitored. This puts an end to that outlaw way of thinking. We need to make these devices work for us. They're designed and that, and, as a management tool. That's right. Manage and, and, this company, but pay us. And that's device. part of, you know, we might, this is a good time to announce um, to everybody that we're going to be having, um, it hasn't been established if it's going to be weekly, but we're going to be having uh, a 2016 uh, call-ins for ideas for uh, these goals that everyone's trying to achieve together. And uh, uh, we'll be uh, trying to create this cohesion of groups. And it'll start with send, send us your, your website or your Facebook group in a private message, and we'll get it up there. Like I said, it's all free. And then... There'll be a focal point where people can actually converse on. So uh, keep watching for um, in 2016. It's going to start uh, in January, which is like a day away, <laughs> and uh, yeah. be having these these weekly or bi uh, biweekly conference calls with people who are really concerned about the future of their industry. Now I just want to take a short break. We'll be uh we'll be right back. Heads up truckers. Are you looking for deals on trucks, trailers, parts, or equipment? Or maybe you need to sell something truck-related. Well, there's a great spot on the web where truckers deal with other truckers. No middlemen involved. That's why we call it TruckerToTrucker.com. There's no charge at all for looking. And if you want to place an ad for what you're selling, it's just $19.95. And it runs till it sells. So whether you're buying or selling, it's time to log on and take a look. TruckerToTrucker.com. Check it out. That's TruckerToTrucker.com. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here, and I want to tell you about TruckerLawyers.com. TruckerLawyers.com helps drivers with their legal needs, and they specialize in workers' compensation, trucking accidents, employment law, and other areas. TruckerLawyers.com arms you with important information regarding workers' compensation and your legal rights, and they are also available to help you find assistance for additional legal issues. This includes determining how to get you the best benefits possible for your situation. The website TruckerLawyers.com is a resource where you can learn more about your legal rights as a driver. Feel free to continue the social media conversation by liking them on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash TruckerLawyers and follow them on Twitter as at TruckerLawyers. Call them to talk through your questions at 1-800-736-736. 
Everybody, welcome back to New Year's Eve on Ask the Trucker Live. We thank you for uh, joining us tonight. And uh, we had a lot of people jump on here um, after the beginning of the announcement tonight. But if you want to be part of the Falcon Eye Dash Cam uh, Entry Giveaway, all you have to do is download the Zyper app. It's a, 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 a load. Uh, loads are sent directly to your phone. It detects your location, uh, knows if you're empty, partially loaded, matches all the criteria that you enter in. You can either accept the load or um, or pass on it if it's if it's not something you want. And it's totally free. It's a free service. It's a free app, and it's a win-win because once you download it, you're entered in the dash cam giveaway. Uh, so that's x y p p e r dot com, okay. or you can just put Zyper into your uh, Android or your iPhone apps, download it, and you're you're entered. So again, that's Zyper dot com. Uh, go look at the website, though. This is an incredible, uh, innovative app uh, which sends loads directly to your phone, and you deal directly with the shippers and receivers who are also on the app. Um, you'll you'll really be impressed. Oh, and we'll be having a show on there and, and announcing the winner later on in January. There's going to be a Q and A uh, for everybody. So after you've tried the app, if you have questions, the developers will be on the show. So download it now, start using it, and this way you can come on the show and talk about it. Uh, because you know us, we're all about openness, honesty, and transparency with everything. And uh, so are these developers. They really want this thing to work, and they want people to uh, really have a 216 raising their profits because of their application. So download Zyper. Okay. Uh, thanks again, everybody, for coming on. Um, we're gonna we're, we're starting Donna, to wind Donna, down. I'd like a, to know. A, yeah, I'd like everybody to have a, a last comment if you could. Donna Jerry Fritz. Gonna make it real quick. Pat said earlier how sure. do we use ELD to our advantage? It just hit me here. Yeah. Okay, we get it organized enough. We now have the new coercion intimidation law, so on and so forth, on our side. We got three ninety five Code of Federal Regulations on our side. As many people right. can afford it, retired military people have other incomes. As of a certain day, we take that ELD when we get to the customer. We do not punch off duty. We put it on that's duty, what, not driving. A massive effort. That's exactly Nobody right. Let somebody, let somebody come in and fire you. We now have the law on our side. They can't coerce us. They can't intimidate us. They can't put it on our record. And how are they going to go back in now with the ELD and say, no, driver, you can't be online for. Oh, yes, I can. The government requires that I be online for. What are they going to do? And now we there's the new coercion rule the... that w- that's been passed on top of it right. all. So, right. you know, of... which will be effective in a couple of months. Yeah, right. but that coercion law has its problems, just like CSA. I won't go into it too deeply. The, the whole idea is you've got 70 hours in eight days. You can drive within the first 
70 hours. You can work after that, but you can only drive within the first 70 hours of eight days. Um, You need to be paid for your time. You need to be paid so that you can log legally. You need to be paid for that time you're logging legally because that's what they want. They want safety. If you're at the loading dock for two hours, you need to be able to log that two hours because you're getting paid for that two hours. It's Pat, here's what I'm saying though. Go ahead and log it. Who can? No one can afford to fire you for it now. It'll go right to OSHA. What are your chances? And I don't want to have an argument over the phone. What are you, why would I log anything over 15 minutes if it's going to take money out of my pocket? So this works Pat, hand for in that, hand. For You've that, got to make the for money that week, available. For that week, it will affect you. Inside of a month, this problem well, okay, is right. You can't fire everybody. Let's, let's, let's move on to the, the next thing. I started Truckers United. I set myself, gave myself two years. I only started Truckers United because I had a small carrier tell me I had to put my thoughts and ideas on the Internet, period. I'm no dummy. Two years. I paid up front. Two years. You know what? I'm not going to waste ten years of my life talking, talking, talking. It's time for action. I have been working behind the scenes. I've had meetings with a whole lot of people. I've tried to pull a coalition together with, with Donna, uh, Donna and Alan and some other groups. It kind of fell through. We need to start acting. We need some direction to go in. I'm giving it one more year, people. If we're not going to do anything but talk, 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 I'm out of here. I could take a 50% pay cut right now, and I will be happy. I eat steak every night. I don't need the money, okay? I'm doing this for drivers. I'm doing this for you guys. I have the $5,000 to spend. Do you? I'm not asking for any payback. I'm trying to give back to the industry I love. If drivers have had a given back back in 1990 when I first started out, we wouldn't be in this mess today. I'm 56 years old. I want to see change. I've lived through this madness for 25 years now. I don't care about fame and fortune, okay? But I'm not going to talk, 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 and nothing be done. Jerry just laid it out. 37 years of this, what's been accomplished? We need to start taking action. Well, you know what? I'm not going to do it because I don't know that the driver next to me is going to do it. We are in the dark. We don't know that we can count on our neighbor. So we've got to start taking action and invite our neighbors to join us. Baby steps. It takes one brick at a time to build a wall. It just doesn't appear. So what we have in mind, what we've been talking about, and we haven't finalized this yet. We're still talking about it. Start having a radio show weekly, every other week. Kind of give progress reports. Kind of talk about the issues at hand. We also want to start uh, unifying drivers. Very simple things like postcard writing campaigns. 
You know, if we can shut down the, the, the mail office at the White House because we bombard them with 5 million postcards parking, that's all it's got to say. We've got Jason's law. What have you done about parking? Let's do something here. Hold on one if second, we time Pat. It well, right. well, we can run a little bit over, but before I do, I just want to thank okay. everybody because the, I want to thank everybody because on the replay, uh, it's going to end in about one uh, minute. So okay. happy New Year, everybody! I want to thank everybody for coming on. We're not we're not shutting down. We're going to let uh, Pat finish his finish his thoughts. But uh, unfortunately, Blog Talk Radio will shut it down um, after in about one minute. Uh, but you'll still be able to hear us. Yeah, but you'll still be able to hear us. Uh, so happy New Year, everybody, and thanks so much uh, for calling in. And thank you to all our sponsors and to all our donors, all the people who have donated uh, over the over the course of the year uh, to us to help us sustain uh, everything we do. You have no idea how much we appreciate it all. So uh, go ahead, Pat. Uh, oh, and and just for the record, this is Pat Huckaday speaking right now over at TruckersUnited.org. Go ahead, Pat. Okay. I'm sorry, but I get a little passionate about all this. So I'm, I'm but you've got to be. I mean, this is wrong, people. There's, that's, everything shows us that what's going on is wrong. It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable for Jerry was telling me a story uh, this afternoon about breaking his hand and had to drive five days before he could get to a doctor because the load comes first. You know what? Right. We are human beings. We are we are doing everything we can do to earn a decent living. And for some reason, $50,000 seems to be a decent living. Is it really? Do the math. $50,000 divided by 300 working days, that's not even minimum wage. Okay, we need to change things. We're governed by the clock. We're going to be monitored with ELDs and possibly rear-facing cameras and whatnot. We're going to be speed-limited. Possible. Okay. This takes away our ability to earn a living. In effect, we need to get paid more for doing less just to stay where we're at. We can't continue taking cuts in pay so they can have what they want. They need to pay for what they want, or they need to back off. Okay? They need to back off. That's not going to happen. It's about safety. Well, you know what? Drivers being paid a living, a fair and decent living wage is about safety. Let's attack this problem. Radio show. Postcard writing campaign. I happen to know, I started a thing called Driver's Conventions. Um, a 10-day period around the 4th of July, a 10-day period around Labor Day. Tell your carriers you're going to take three days off once you empty out. You're no longer under dispatch. I'm taking three days off. I, I put this out last year, and I just found out a couple of weeks ago that some other people I kind of know, they acted on it. The man that encouraged me to get involved in this uh, Internet with, with you know my ideas, he brought 25 trucks to the yard and shut them down for a week. They had a seven-day Fourth of July. 
okay? I've been told that these people are planning something really big for the 4th of July coming up. I am not going to say strike. I am not going to say shut down. There are there are interstate commerce laws here. There are antitrust laws here. You've got to know what is legal and what is not legal. I'm not going to go to jail because I used the wrong word. The ATA has conventions. The TCA has conventions. A couple of them every year. I've delivered them. Okay, I've delivered them to the convention center. If the associations, if the if the if the carriers can have conventions, why can't we drivers have conventions? We're never going to meet in one place. It's not going to happen. Why can't you take three days off? during a 10-day period around the 4th and go to a truck stop and talk to people. Meet your neighbors. Tell them that you want change. Tell them what your ideas are. Turn them on. Bring them onto the Internet with Donna and Allen, with Ernie Capatas of P-Tag, with Desiree of Real Women in Trucking. Let's get involved here. Let's build a community that can look out for itself, that can act as a community. That's all I'm saying. We're not going to get anything done if we let the ATA, the TCA, and all the big money control us. We have a say in this. We went from deregulation, a regulation to deregulation, and we're going into controlled, a controlled era of trucking now. Who is going to be the controller? Are you going to have a certain degree of control? Then you need to do something about it. So well, I, that's I think what we I, got, and, got, got and, laid out now. Yeah, and and this is this is just a you know a, a drop in the bucket of the shows that will be coming up. Um, this part Pat won't be on the replay because we ran over, which is which is fine. But there's an awful lot of people listening right now, so uh, at least, it, you know, they got to hear uh, everything you had to say. And we sure do appreciate uh, your passion and your commitment. And, Jerry, we appreciate you coming on tonight. And, Tom, I see you're still here, too. You hung in the whole time. And there's a lot of people who hung on and didn't come on the show. We appreciate you you listening and all those on the Internet who are listening uh, I just want to wish everybody a happy new year, and uh, it's going to be a great 2016. Uh, Let's work for unity and uh, ideas and awareness, and let's just get things done. Um, That's the bottom line. So happy new year, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for for coming on the show, and till till next time i've got to find my closing you know i'm not quick like alan is doing this but till next time thanks for listening thank you you've been listening to ask the trucker live with alan smith on behalf of alan and donna smith ask the trucker.com trucking social media.com north american trucking alerts.com blog talk radio and ask the trucker live i'm j michael collins Until next time, drive safe and thanks for listening. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.